are good, good Father. Glory to God. My heart is so full right now just thinking of the goodness of God. Amen. You know, the psalmist David, he said, I would have fainted unless I had believed to see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. That was a great exhortation that Pastor Tom gave during the offering. And, you know, he, had, he hadn't been in, in the pulpit for a bit, hadn't been able to talk in church for a bit, been masked up. So I know his heart was full. But he was talking about all the different things that are going on in our world. The price of gas, the price of this, and that is a reality. But the greater reality is that we have a good, good father. I'm not going to faint. I'm not going to be weary because I know we're going to see the goodness of God in greater measure than we have ever seen it. Amen. Praise the Lord. Well, you can go ahead and take your seat. Praise God. I do have some things, obviously, in, in my heart to share. And it's a little bit different. I think only one time have I preached on Father's Day. But, you know, the Word is the Word. And I've got some good things from the Word to share with you. And once again, we do want to honor all of the dads in the house today, all the spiritual fathers and the mentors. And I was thinking about it even this morning, missing my husband. I think he'll be watching now or, or later, but missing Pastor Mark. And I was thinking about how grateful I am for him. He, uh, he's been a wonderful dad and is a wonderful dad to our two Sons, And oftentimes I see characteristics of Pastor Mark coming out in the boys. Most of them good. <laughs> coming out in, their, in our sons. And I see things that he taught them and he mentored them. And that's a, that's a real blessing. And he, of course, is the spiritual dad of this house. And I know that you all honor and appreciate him as well. And then I was thinking about my own father who has been in heaven, whoo, long time, since 1986. But I was so blessed to have an amazing, loving, godly father. And uh, I want to share some things today about really how he impacted and influenced my life. And I do rem- know for sure that there are people in the, in the house that Maybe you didn't have an awesome dad. Maybe your dad wasn't born again when you were raised. And perhaps even there's people that didn't even have a father or a father figure growing up. But I just want to say today that every single one of you now have a wonderful, loving, heavenly father. It doesn't matter what kind of situation that you grew up in, whether your dad was loving or not. And maybe if you did have a father and he wasn't exactly a godly example and a godly man, if he's alive today, I want to encourage you to still honor your father. We wouldn't be here without our dads. And you know, many of them, they did the best they could. They sacrificed for their family to provide for their family. So once again, we honor all dads. And maybe you weren't 
you that are fathers here today maybe you weren't walking with the lord when you raised your children but you can still beginning right now set a great example for them by faithfully serving god and letting them know that god has changed your life and he will change their life as well it's never too late to impact our relatives with the love of God and to show them that God is good. That's so big in my heart today, the goodness of our God. But what I want to talk to you about, the title of my message today is My Father Loves Me. Isn't that good news? As a matter of fact, I want you just to raise one hand to him and just say it. Thank you, Lord. You love me. My Father, my Heavenly Father, loves me. And you know, He loves us unconditionally. He's not mad at us. He's mad about us. As our good friend Keith Hershey says, He's mad about you. The Bible does not really magnify the power of God. I mean, it does, but it does not say that God is power, but it does say God is love. Look with me, if you would, over in 1 John chapter 4, and we'll look at verse 16 in the New King James Version. And it says, And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. God is what? God is love. And he who abides in love abides in God and God in him. Love loves me. It's not faith in God's power that secures his blessing, but it's faith in his love and his willingness to show goodness and kindness in our life. You know, God, God is powerful and he's got, he can do anything. Of course he can. But so many people have this view of God. Well, I know he's God, but I don't really know that he wants good things to happen in my life. I'm not assured of his willingness to bless me. I think if the father had to choose, he would rather that we doubted the fact that he could I mean that, yeah, that he had the power that he could instead of the fact that he wants to. He wants to bless us with every good blessing. That's his nature. That is who he is. And the Father's love toward us, it's so great. It's so wonderful. It's so intense that it moved him to action. He did not leave man in his fallen state. When Adam sinned and when Adam fell from grace, God didn't look down at mankind and say, I really love you. Oh, I love you so much. But you're in a mess. And good luck with that. Hope you can figure it out. No, God acted on his love. Hallelujah. 
he he loved us so much. You know the scripture, John three sixteen. For God so loved the world. What did he do? That he gave his only begotten son. That whosoever believeth in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. How many of you have received the love of God? I mean, I want you to wave your hand. How many of you know that you're a child of God? You're on your way to heaven, singing and shouting the victory. You've reacted on this scripture. God gave, hallelujah, because he loved us so much. He gave heaven's very best. He gave, and because Jesus loved us so much, he came. The father had to be willing to give his only begotten son. But Jesus had to be willing to be the sacrifice. Hallelujah. True love requires actions. I heard someone say this. Jesus literally loved us to death. He loved us so much that he died for us. That's good news today, isn't it? Hallelujah. His love for us is amazing. Amazing love. I just looked up the word amazing. And I like these definitions. To fill with surprise or sudden wonder or awe. Again, you know, I know maybe you didn't have an awesome dad and I... I'm not, you know, trying to uh, boast really about my father, but I am thankful for my dad. And I'm going to use some examples today. If you still have children at home, I believe you can glean from these examples. And if your children are raised, you can still glean from these examples. Because the things that we do in the natural They speak a lot louder sometimes than words. And my dad was that kind of a guy. He did tell us all the time that he loved us. But it wasn't just in word. It was in deed. And it was in action. And when I looked up that definition of amazing, one of them was to fill with surprise. And I thought about how my dad loved to bless us. Love to surprise us. And this wonderful image came up of when I was a kid. I mean, there's many times that he sacrificed for us. And I know that you parents here, you understand that. You have sacrificed for your family as well. But this is forever branded in my heart. When I was young, I don't know exactly uh, how old, but just a kid... It was in the 60s, I believe, that Six Flags Over Texas opened up. And that was a big deal. My dad loved to have fun. We liked amusement parks. We liked to go to Pioneer City in Oklahoma City. And, and you know, just ride, he would ride the rides with us, just have a good time. Well, this Six Flags Over Texas opened up. And, oh, we wanted to go so bad. It's about a five-hour drive to Dallas from where um, I grew up. So this one summer, my dad said he surprised us. He was an amazing dad. 
full of surprises. So he said, I'm going to take you kids to Six Flags over Texas. So the day came. We got up probably about five in the morning. I don't know. It was really early. And it's a five-hour drive. And he said, you know, we're going to get there, which we did, about 10 o'clock when it opened up. Yay! And then we're going to stay all day. Yay! Till 10 o'clock at night. And then we were supposed to get a hotel and drive home the next day. So we stayed there until about 10 o'clock at night, rode all of the rides, had such a great time. And then he threw us, got us all in the car, all five of us kids. And I remember we were driving and I kind of woke up in the middle of the night because I thought we were going to go to a hotel. And I heard my mom and dad talking and she said, honey, aren't you going to pull over? Aren't we going to find a place to stay? And he said this, he said, you know, hotel costs so much money and there's something that some kind of equipment I need to buy for the farm he said the kids are all sleeping honey you go ahead and fall asleep I'm going to just drive so he sacrificed and he drove all night we got home I don't know what really early in the morning he was literally up 24 hours sacrificing so that we could have a good time and bless his family. If a natural dad will do that, how much more your father loves you and how much more is his love amazing towards us? Are you amazed at how much Your heavenly Father loves you. You ought to be. Do you stand in awe of His love for you? Do you wonder how He could love you so much? Are you ready to be surprised at all the acts of His love that He wants to overwhelm you with? We're standing on the verge. I believe this. No matter what it looks like in the natural, we're standing on the verge of suddenly, suddenly surprises of our Father. He's about to put on a show, a display of His glory like this earth has never known. He's about to do signs and wonders that we've not ever seen. God has saved the best for last. And you and I are honored and we're privileged to be alive in this day and in this age. We have come into the kingdom for such a time as this. Our God is going to show himself strong in the earth. And we get to work with him. Hallelujah. The devil is not going to win. The devil and his bunch are not going to take our nation down. No. Greater is he that is in us. And God loves us so much. And God loves the world. He's not willing that any should perish. That's why he's going to display himself in a mighty, in an awesome, 
in an extravagant way. And we get to be a part of it. Woo! Hallelujah! Oh! <laughs> oh, the things that are in store for us. Eye hath not seen, ear hath not heard, but God, He's going to reveal them unto us. And He's going to show us how to cooperate with Him. Praise the Lord. And if you've got relatives, if you've got sons and daughters that are not born again or have walked away from God, oh, ha, ha, ha. the Bible says it's the goodness of God that leadeth men to repentance. And he's about to show his goodness. And His amazing love. And that goodness on display. Woo! No one will be able to resist it. How do we pray? We pray that the eyes of people's understanding would be enlightened. We pray that darkness would be removed from their eyes. I truly believe this. If people could only see how good... Woo! How good God really is. They'd run to Him. Folks, it's my job. It's your job to show the world God's amazing love. God's goodness manifest through healing, through mercy. Hallelujah! We're not out to tell people that God is mad at them, but God is mad about them. Hallelujah. Well, that's just a little extra, extra but it was good. Amen? I know that. God has saved the best for last. Amen? And there's another wonderful aspect. We've got like maybe three. We'll see <laughs> how far we get. Another wonderful aspect of the love of our Father. His love is faithful. Faithful. Hallelujah. Jeremiah 31, verse 3 in the Amplified. The Lord appeared from old to me, saying, Yes, I have loved you with an everlasting love. Therefore, with loving kindness, have I drawn you and continued my faithfulness to you. He first loved us. His unconditional love was like a magnet Woo! that pulled us right out of the pit. Love lifted me. Love didn't push me down. Love drew me up to Him. Hallelujah. And then I like that phrase, continued my faithfulness to you. Maybe you know someone or perhaps you experienced it yourself. And I'm sure there's nothing worse than discovering that your mate has been unfaithful. 
Perhaps your dad was unfaithful or your mom was unfaithful to your family and it caused your home to be broken. But you know what? I'm thankful for God's forgiveness, for His restoration power. You can recover. You can let it go. You can move on. People are human. People will disappoint and they will hurt us. But our Heavenly Father never will. He is faithful. Faithful and true. His love is faithful. Ever, ever lasting love. I like, I love to read the book of Psalms. I read a Psalm almost every day. And I want to expound on some of the revelation that the psalmist David had about the faithfulness of God. Psalms 85.10 in the NIV. Love and faithfulness meet together. We're talking about my father loves me. And because he loves me, I'm sure he's faithful to me and to his word. Love and faithfulness meet together. Righteousness and peace kiss each other. Psalms 86, 15, again out of the NIV. But you, Lord, are a compassionate and gracious God, slow to anger, abounding, say it with me, in what? Love and faithfulness. When true love is in action, there will be faithfulness connected to it. It's hard in a relationship if someone tells you, yes, I love you, I love you, but they're constantly unfaithful. That doesn't add up. It's hard to hear what they're saying for seeing what they're doing. And that doesn't just apply in a marriage. It applies in friendships and other relationships. We want to have true friends. We want to have faithful friends. Amen? And that's what our Father is to us. The psalmist David went on and he emphasized faithfulness and love again. I want to read another passage. Psalms 57, verse 9 through 10, NIV. I will praise you, Lord, among the nations. I will sing of you among the peoples. For great is your love, reaching to the heavens. Your faithfulness reaches to the skies. What's that saying? There's no end to his love. There's no end to his faithfulness. Over in 1 Corinthians 13, it talks about love never fails. Human love can be fickled and it can fail and it can disappoint and it can hurt, but not our Father's love. Not this kind of love. Not the agape love for which He loved us. Our Father, he, it, we can be confident in His love and in His faithfulness. He's not a man that He should lie. He's not a man that He should disappoint. 
How many of you are confident in the Father's love for you? He's not unfaithful to break His word to us. God said it. I believe it. And that settles it for me. Can I get an amen? Amen. Standing on the promises. Again, I want to give an illustration about how my father, my natural father, my dad, my daddy, how he was confident in God's faithfulness to perform his word. My parents, I don't know, they were, they were already, they were uh, already married and somebody came and witnessed to them before they had any children and they got born again. And from the time that they were born again, they were faithful to be in church, faithful to serve. And one thing that they ingrained in all of us, faithful to tithe. I'm telling you, if, if somebody, if we did a little work for someone and they handed us a $10 bill, it seemed like my dad or mom always had change. And they would say, okay, honey, here's $9 for you and here's a dollar for God. We always give and we always tithe. That was instilled in me as a kid. So I remember this one time that, you know, we, we had two main crops that sustained our family. We grew wheat and we grew cotton. Cotton was king. And there was a lot of money in that. And this one year, you know, cotton is kind of a tricky crop. It has the the bowls, cotton bowls have to open up at the right time. And this one year, the cotton bowls were on the stalks, but it rained. It rained a lot, a seasonal amount of rain. And water was standing in the fields. And that meant that the bowls were not going to open up. And there was not going to be a cotton crop. And that was not good news. The cotton gin in the county was actually closed because nobody was getting a crop. But my dad, he went to that field and he knelt on his knees and he said, God, I am a faithful tither. I've tithed ever since I knew I was supposed to. God, I know you're faithful to watch over your word. And Malachi 3.10, we learned that as kids. You said that you would rebuke the devourer on behalf of the tither. God, I'm pleading my case. I've got five children to clothe and feed. I need this cotton crop. And God, as my witness, our crop, the ground began to dry up and the cotton bowls opened up. And we had a cotton harvest that year. And my dad literally called the cotton gin. And he said, I've got a a crop of cotton to bring in. And the owner of gin said, Mr. Edwards, nobody in the county has a cotton crop. And he said, I do. I do. (laughs) And And you know what the result of that was? We got top dollar for the cotton. Woo! My 
dad had confidence in the father's love for him and in God's faithfulness to watch over his word. You know why he could say that? Because he knew to the best of his ability, he'd been faithful to God. He had a covenant right. He had a foundation to stand on. Hallelujah. It pays to live the Word of God. It pays. I'll just say it. It pays to be a tither. That's the only place in the Bible where it says that God will rebuke the devourer on our behalf. It's a blessing of the tither. Glory to God. And then there's something else about the Father's love. My Father loves me. Say that with me. My Father loves me. There's peace. And their security in our Father's love. A good father makes his family feel safe and secure. As kids, you may have played this game. My daddy's bigger than your daddy. My daddy can beat up your daddy. I don't know. (laughs) But you know what? My father, my daddy, daddy, really was a big guy. Six foot two, I don't know how much he weighed, but he had gigantic hands and real strong arms because he worked out on the farm. And I always felt safe in my daddy's arms. I can remember that. You know, five kids, but he took time for every one of us to have those moments sitting on his lap and him wrapping those arms around It instilled in us safety, confidence, love, secure. Folks, we are living in perilous times. I know great things are going to happen in the church. But for the world, it is perilous times. There's turmoil. There's snares. There's danger all around us. But you and I have a place. A place of safety. A place of security. I encourage you on a regular basis to read and meditate on the 91st Psalm. I want to read just a couple of verses for you. Psalms 91 verse 1 and 2 out of the Amplified. I didn't know I'd be so emotional today. But you know what? No matter how long your dad may have been in heaven. How many of you, your dads are in heaven? They've left this earth. <laughs> A lot of you. So this day can be very emotional, even when you look back on it. But again, I'm so thankful that my heavenly father <laughs> wraps me up in his arms, his loving arms. Psalms 91, verse 1 and 2 in the Amplified. He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High, say, that's me, shall remain, I love this, stable and fixed 
under the shadow of the Almighty, whose power no foe can withstand. And then this next verse, I will say of the Lord, you are my refuge and my fortress, my God on him, hallelujah, on him I lean and rely and in him I confidently trust. Safety and stability in this secret place. And through our words, I want to exhort you, through our words, we build an ark of safety for our families. <coughs> We're sheltered in his arms. But what are we supposed to do? What are we supposed to say? This verse says, I will say of the Lord. Are we supposed to say, how am I going to pay, buy gas? How am I going to feed my kids? Am I supposed to say, I'm so afraid. Something bad's going to happen to me and my family. I'm, gonna, I'm so afraid. I don't know what to do. No, this is what it was to say. I will say. <laughs> Read that next part with me. He is my refuge and my fortress. My God, on him I lean and rely and in him I confidently trust. Glory to God. You may have grown up singing this song that I used to sing. What have I to dread? What have I to fear? Anybody know the rest of it? Leaning on the everlasting arms, I have blessed peace with my Lord so near. <laughs> I know y'all aren't getting blessed. Sing on. Okay, somebody help me over here. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms. Woo! Leaning, leaning, lean back in his strong, secure arms. You may have played this game as a kid. I don't know why we would do such a dumb thing, but it was, you know, see if they, somebody would catch you. You know, you stand up here, lean back, I'll catch you. Well, sometimes they did, sometimes they didn't. Particularly if it was my brother Ricky. He would not catch you and then he would think it was so funny if you fell on the ground. But our father doesn't play that game with you. He doesn't say, okay, lean back. And then he gets distracted and looks away. Oops, sorry. No. We can forever just throw ourselves over on his mercy. <clears throat> Lean back in his loving arms. Hallelujah. Safe and secure. Let me read you some wonderful scriptures about how safe and secure we are. Again, this is in Psalms. Psalm 62, verse 2 in the Passion. He alone is my safe place. I love this. His wraparound presence woo, always protects me. 
for he is my champion defender. There's no risk of failure with God. So why would I let worry paralyze me even when troubles multiply around me? There it is again. Jesus said it. In the world, you're going to have tribulations. If we stop there, we could all have a pity party and a top that trial testimony. But it didn't stop there. In the world, you're going to have tribulations. But be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. I love this phrase here. Why should I let worry paralyze me? Woo! We don't have to because what? His wrap around presence. Woo! His presence is all over us. His presence is around us. His presence is on us. Do you have your favorite little snuggle blanket at home? And you know, if it gets cool, you just wrap up in that cozy little blanket and you feel so nice and secure sitting there looking at the fire. Woo! God's presence is a lot more cozy and a lot more secure than any blanket. He said, I'm going to wrap my presence around you. And then another thing that his love does. You guys got a few more minutes? Pastor Tom took too long on the offering. I, you know. <laughs> no, he didn't. It was awesome. Got to tease him a little bit now that he's back. <clears throat> it's still early. Something else about his love. This is the last point. His love lifts us up. Never pushes us down. His love believes the best of every person. His love sees the end from the beginning. You're not what you used to be. You may not be what you want to be. But God sees the end result. He loves the beginning. He loves the in-between. And He sees the end. Hallelujah. And He constantly lifts us up and brings encouragement to our hearts. That's what true love does. Psalm 61.3, out of the Passion again. Lord, you are a paradise of protection to me. Aren't you glad? We're talking a lot about protection. Woo! You lift me. Everybody say, he lifts me. Above the fray. None of my foes can touch me. When I'm held firmly, there that phrase is again, in your wraparound presence. There's an invisible shield of protection and and peace and security around each and every believer. And it says, He lifts me. Woo! He lifts me. Don't you like Psalms 3, 3 says that God is the glory and He is the lifter up of our heads. Real love lifts. 
It doesn't put down and it doesn't discourage. If you're not married and you're in a relationship with someone who constantly is putting you down and constantly, you know, reminding you of all your faults and your failures and your shortcomings, I'd say run for your life. You don't want to get hooked up in that kind of relationship for the rest of your life. True love encourages. True love pulls out the best in you. It doesn't make you feel worse about yourself. It always makes you feel better. Once again, my dad and my mom, but my dad with five kids, and I can remember it so well. He would constantly tell us, you're a winner. You can do whatever God has called you to do. He instilled in us confidence. We didn't have a lot of money. We didn't have a lot of possessions, but we had love and we had parents that believed in us and spoke the best words over us. He also would say to us, now, honey, I can't tell you whether you're called into the ministry or not, but the greatest honor and the greatest privilege in this life is to be called of God. And out of the five of us, three of us are in full-time ministry. And the other two are serving God with all their hearts. I'd say that's a good track record. Woo! Love believes the best. Love lifts. And love does not discourage. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Lord, we thank you right now enough for today. We thank you, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your faithfulness and for your love.